Hey, everybody, welcome back to Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network, where we take a closer look each week at the wide, weird, and wonderful world of running. I'm your host, Jonathan Ellsworth. I'm also the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Off the Couch is presented by CBG Trails. The CBG Trails app is the only complete trail map app of Crested Butte and the Gunnison Valley, Colorado. So download the app today and start exploring. Duncan Callahan is one of our favorite people, so I'm excited to have him back on the show to catch up. We had Duncan on last July, that was episode number nine of Off the Couch, and it was a very compelling and very honest conversation about some of Duncan's huge successes, but we also talked about some of his struggles and doubts and questions. So I knew back then in July that I wanted to have Duncan back on, and selfishly, I just really enjoy spending time with him. So that's exactly what we did today. I met up with Duncan at the Ice Lab at Western Colorado University, and he and I talked about the increasing amount of coaching he's doing with CTS, Carmichael Training Systems, including coaching our own Maddie Hart. And I want to apologize in advance, Maddie, I'm sure your ears were burning while Duncan and I were talking. Duncan and I also discussed his thoughts on winter training. We talked about the logistics of being a coach versus being an athlete and more. And once again, I really appreciated Duncan's perspective and thoughtfulness, and I think you are going to as well. And so here it is, my conversation with CTS coach Duncan Callahan. Well, Duncan... Fancy seeing you again. I know, round two. <laughs> Got to have pod number two. <laughs> I'm excited for this. Um, we talked a little bit since our last podcast conversation in July, but not too much. And so I'm frankly just this, this, I feel like this episode is for me. <laughs> like I, you know, this will be good for the listeners, but this one's for me. I'm, yeah, ta- I'm yeah. taking this one. So, and I just listened again to our conversation from July. First of all, I really liked it. So <laughs> I liked it too. I, I was I was telling some people that uh, you know, first of all, I think the questions are great and then the editing was good and but the the previous podcasts I had done were were mostly like 2010, 11 when mm. sound quality's horrible and and so it was really nice to to you know, listen on a podcast that I was on that was edited and well done and great sound. So mm. it's a it's a good pod. So well, thank you. And and shout out to Luke Alley, our excellent podcast producer for that. Yeah. But um yeah, no, I just I just really enjoyed listening again to kind of the story and the narrative again and and so um definitely definitely go listen to this first conversation uh that that Duncan and I had. And those of you who have this one fresh in your memory will know that there was um if not exactly a cliffhanger there was an interesting element. I mean, we caught you at an interesting kind of time of life and um, there was definitely kind of a like, well, like what's next? What does the next part look like? And so here we are about six months later and um, this feels like the right time to be checking in officially. Check in. Yeah. Once a year, (laughs) twice a year, check in. We need it. Yeah. So 
since we talked, a couple of things I think I have straight. You have been doing more with CTS coaching, the Carmichael Training Systems coaching. Um, that's I have that right. That's correct. Yeah. So I've been, you know, I'm I'm going on about almost two years since I've I've Coop and I first reached out to each other and, and touched base on me coming on board with CTS and yeah, definitely uh, ramping that up and have been finding uh, impact with working with athletes and learning a ton myself. So it's been a good process. Yeah. And are you still currently kind of bringing on more folks to work with, or you already have some people that you're kind of in it with? Mm -hmm. What's that looking like? right? Yeah, I'd say, you know, normal kind of normal course of action is, uh, you know, athletes, a lot of athletes sign up this time of year. This is, this is the busiest sales months for online coaching, certainly at CTS. Uh, and then, you know, generally you have athletes through their big events, August, September, October, in some cases, and then a lot of athletes here take a break or leave coaching altogether, about 30%, uh, leave. So I, so I maintain 60, 70% of the athletes I work with on a year round basis. Uh, and then I fill in the other 30% probably about this time of year. So currently, yeah, onboarding some, some new athletes and have a lot of perspective calls. Just talked to a, a guy from Pennsylvania today and, uh, he's gearing up for a big hundred miler this summer. So yeah, just, uh, you know, a lot of interest right now. So maybe this is a pretty good time to talk about, um, I did an episode actually with Maddie Hart and Gordon Janini, who right. are, you know, have made cameos on previous off the couch episodes, but I was just interested in kind of getting their take on winter training and what they're doing. Um, sounds like as people are preparing for this kind of spring, summer, fall race season, I mean, you're having to deal with this question right now. Like, what should I be doing right now? Um, what are the best things to be doing um, to get ready? So should we talk about that a bit? Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of times the, uh, it's very individual. So I've got athletes who are gearing up for big races in August and September. There's athletes gearing up for things in April, May, June. And so time of year matters. I think location matters. I mean, up here in Gunnison, Crested Butte, uh, there is no dry running, dry ground, dirt running right now. So you got to take that into consideration. And then the athlete, uh, what does the athlete do? Does the athlete ski? Does the athlete bike? Does the athlete lift weights? Do they swim? Do they like cross training? Hate it? Do they like being indoors? Do they hate it? You got to take all that into consideration. So for instance, I started coaching Maddie uh, just recently and she's a big time runner. She's also pretty competent in a swimming pool. Um, I don't know if she'd say she loves it. I did not know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh -huh. so she's got that. And then you know, she's pretty disciplined and not, not scared of getting in on indoor training equipment. So she'll get some cardio indoors and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, in that case, uh, that works well. I've, I'm working with another athlete who actually lives up in Winter Park, Colorado, even higher from here, uh, maybe colder, I don't know. And that athlete does not cross train, is just a runner, right? And so you're dealing with that in the same environment. And so this time of year, it's just, it's, it's athlete dependent. It's uh, big focus is uh, in general, right? The primary filter is daily activity. You don't want to go into hibernation. You don't want to just sit inside and play video games. You know, it's, are you running or are you doing other training activities, uh, of, of some sort or another? So, I mean, that's a very general broad approach to it. Am I allowed to ask you some questions about Maddie? 
<laughs> is this defile? Is there like patient? You know? Yeah, I don't want to go too much into specifics, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. I tell you that the general thing uh, that I she's can, gonna kill me by the yeah, way. Yeah, But I'm I'm I will I promise I'll tell her, yeah. and then I have to sit next to her in a car for a Ooh. five hour whatever yeah. drive to Denver. Yeah. So yeah. she'll have chance to kill me if she wishes. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyway, well, how about this? The general thing is, you know, working with athletes in CTS. I mean, probably my my the the mean age, the median age that I'm working with, is in mid 40s, and uh, I probably work with two thirds male, one third uh, women, and so uh, Maddie is the first. Is she the first person I'm working with with CTS who's in her 20s, and she's happens to be in her early 20s. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's that difference, um, and it's it's great working with somebody who's very talented, very motivated, yeah, um, and. Uh, still relatively new to the competitive landscape and trying to figure out what her boundaries are and those sorts of things. And um, yeah, that's a, it's been a neat experience as a coach to, to work with her. My sense with Maddie is that with me, you would definitely need to be like, dude, do more. <laughs> right. With Maddie, I get the sense that is not the problem. Uh, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, I I get the text message on a near <laughs> daily basis. Hey, can I do an extra thing today? Today oh, or tomorrow? And it's good. We got a good rapport going, and um, you know, I I think she's in a really good spot. So mm. yeah. Uh, no pressure on you, but um, she did just win the Tahoe Rim One Hundred. She did. So yeah. you've got where it's like. Where, what's, yeah. where do we go? Where do we go from here? Well, not only that, she was named Ultra Running Magazine oh, that's Rookie right. of the Year. That's right. And uh, so she's got, um, yeah, she's got some eyeballs on her, and I think mm-hmm. she's aware of that. And more than anything, the thing she and I have been talking about is, you know, identifying the why for her. Huh. And it's not other people in their eyeballs. It's her and her love of running and what running does for her and what it feels like. And so anyway, it's just been great working with her. So, yeah. I can say the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, for the record. I mean, she's, she's fantastic. And the, the funniest thing is, and I think there's been a couple moments where she's actually done this on air on off the couch podcast, but like I agreed to run a 5k with her and she was so just genuinely happy. You know, it's like she just loves running and, and people getting out. And it's like, like you just said, yeah, ultra running rookie of the year, won the Tahoe Rim 100. And her her authentic enthusiasm that I was like, all right, I will commit as a New Year's resolution to run a 5K. One 5K. Yeah. yeah good. And she couldn't have been more excited. So that's a, that's a pretty cool quality, I think. No, her. it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um. You've already said it's a very individualized thing, and I, I think that is just simply the right answer. But anything that you're thinking about in particular right now or kind of seeing as traits where you're like, as a generalization, I think more runners interested in kind of staying fit through the winter, I don't like that I'm seeing this or I wish people would consider this element more. Yeah, good question. I, I you know, we talk about this as coaches. Um, often I, I see athletes who uh, don't want to be running outdoors in the winter, whether it's ice or snow or cold or extra clothes or the fact they slow down their pace. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm seeing a lot of athletes running inside uh, on a treadmill, which, you know, I, 
I don't have, I, I don't have a problem with that. I have no say in this. Um, it's, I, I, I think if we could get a little more balance to where people are like, okay, it's okay for some of my runs, uh, at least, uh, to be outside and to be slower. And I'm wearing three pairs of pants. And so I'm 15 seconds a mile slower, like being okay with some of that, particularly in this trail and ultra running space of, you know, pace gets thrown out when you start talking different terrain and different conditions on that terrain. And so winter is just a part of that as well. So, you know, if there's one thing I would say is, you know, athletes in a winter climate, like, you know, let's get outside a little bit more and, and enjoy that. But the flip side of that is, again, it's individual. There's there's athletes who will just do that all winter and then they'll just, they'll lose some of their speed, they'll lose some of their fitness. And it's like, yeah, we can move you inside one day a week or two days a week, you know? So again, comes back to the athlete and their individual circumstance. In terms of injuries, is it any more common to see runners getting injured during the winter? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I'm not looking at data in front of me. Uh, one thing I will say, you know, people who live in winter climates uh, who are trail and ultra runners and they continue to run quite a bit of volume, uh, they're running more of their miles on road or on hard surface than they are in the summertime. So I think maybe you, you tend to see that. And not, it's not just the hard surface. It's the fact that, you know, a road or a sidewalk or even a treadmill, like you're not varying your stride. Mm-hmm. Your stride is identical for yeah. that one hour run or that two hour run. Whereas if you're running up a mountain, I mean, your stride is changing all the time. Run up, run down, short, steep, long, gradual, uh, you know, your, your stride is changing. And I think that is what is, you know, part of the problem with injuries in the wintertime. Um, I'm not sure if cold has any impact on it, um, but yeah, I, I tend to see that just based on people doing more road miles and maybe they're not accustomed to that. Let's talk about the mental training part, uh, in particular during the winter months. Right. We've just talked about people who maybe aren't getting outside as much. And I know for a lot of runners, if they're not outside, they're not psyched on the inside stuff. Mm. Um, so if you have athletes coming to you and saying like, man, I'm just not feeling this right now. Right. Have you found any particular techniques on the kind of mental training or mental preparation side that you just find that in your experience have been particularly effective or you just, they're kind of go-to moves for you or things to say? That's a good question. I feel like I should say asking for a friend. Asking for a friend, not for you. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some other guy. Uh, you know, it's a good question. I, I think uh, one thing is, is trying to talk people through it. It's, it's okay to have variance and fluctuation uh, in their fitness and in their paces, you know, year round. I think that's the thing that I see with, you know, a few athletes I work with in particular. Oh man, now it's winter. I've had a big season. I've, I just took a couple of weeks off and a couple of weeks unstructured and now I'm back to running and it's cold and, and, uh, and my pace is slower and all of these things. And that starts to weigh on people like, oh, I'm not quite as fit as I was. I noticed my fitness numbers on training peaks or on my Garmin, they're different than they were a month ago. And I'm not, you know, so I think that's a challenge. And, just, and, and so just working through that, like, okay, it's okay to take a minor step back. We can't just keep marching our fitness forward every day, every week for all of eternity. There are going to be periods of time where that needs to come back to earth a little bit. So walking people through that, uh, you know, keeping people motivated by, you know, what is that one thing that they want to do that year in running? 
And whether it's, hey, I want to run consistently five days a week, whether that's, hey, I want to win a big race uh, or do a new distance or, you know, something, this is going to help you get there. And just keeping, you know, keep reminding athletes of that. And then, you know, the other thing, and I've got some athletes, this isn't really me. This is more me responding to athletes, I think. I think athletes um, that identify a different distance goal for different times a year is, is pretty cool. I'm starting to say, maybe it's more of a trend too. So I've got some athletes who, you know, they're running 50 mile or hundred mile races in the summer. And right now they're prepping for a half marathon or, or a marathon in February or March, you know? And so it's just different stimulus, different fitness, something different where, um, or vice versa. If I've got athletes that typically do faster stuff in the summer or fall right now, they're maybe gearing up for a 50 mile or something. So I think there's there's some value to that. It's just keeping people running, um, and it, it kind of takes the pressure off if they're not if it's a new distance or different time of year where they're not necessarily comparing times and splits and paces and results and you know those sorts of things. Do you think it's fair to say again, as a generalization, you see or are hearing from the people you're working with, it is the winter colder months where that motivation is flagging? Mm. Or do you think, no, it's way more individual than that? It's less seasonal than just whatever circumstances might be going on in an individual's life. Yeah, I think it's it's how the athletes wired. I'm I'm thinking of one guy I work with in in the Midwest, and he is, his big, big target race is, is November of 2020. And right now it's January. And I've never, this guy is locked in. I've been working with him for a year. I mean, he is, he is buttoned up and locked in. And so, and it's the middle of winter, it's cold, it's icy. He's running, you know, a three hour long run on a treadmill the other day, which, wow. you know, I, I didn't tell him to do, by the way, I would never ask an <laughs> athlete to do that. Um, but yeah, he, he's locked in. So yeah, it's, it's very individual, but yeah, generally this time of year, I mean, in the, in the sport of trail and ultra running, um, tends to be a good spring season. Then there tends to be, you know, high, high summer and then there tends to be something in fall. And yeah, so wintertime is the more dormant time for most of these athletes. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should talk about your own training. Mm. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was funny. We were, I was just saying before we started recording that again, if you please listen to the first conversation that Duncan and I had on Off the Couch. Um, and this will that will give you the kind of ramp into what we're now about to talk about. But I just said to you, it, it's funny, right? Like, I would say like 95% of basketball coaches, let's say at the NBA level, most NCAA Division One, Two, Three levels, these people don't actually play basketball, right? right? They right. maybe used to, right. and maybe at a high level, definitely don't anymore. Correct. Um, yeah. But that doesn't quite seem to be true when we talk about running coaches. So I am just very interested. I mean, yeah. where you are these days kind of with running yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting year this past year. I, I you know, there's, uh, I think now 12 of us, is this true? Uh, ultra running coaches at CTS. And, you know, we have weekly calls and, and all this. So we're, we're, we're a close-knit group. Um, of those 12, I'm the only one who, who's not competing at all. Like I'm not doing any running races. And, you know, at first I'm like, yeah, it's kind of, it's the way it should be. You know, I'm a coach. I'm not an athlete. I'm, I'm a coach, you know? And I think I even said in the last podcast that, 
in in some ways, I think that's good. I showed up at a training camp this past summer, and I didn't have mixed identities. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm okay, and, it, and yeah. so I felt good in that regard. I think in general, I, I I do feel a little detached from the sport, not competing. Like you know, not a lot, but I, I do. I feel detached, not competing. So, you know, I got that rat on around the back of my brain. Like, man, maybe I should you know sign up for something and and train for it. And part of me is like, man, maybe I should hire one of these CTS coaches to coach me. You know. Um, and you know, so I'm, I'm toying around with those ideas, um, in terms of like, actually, you know, there, there is a little difference, right. Between, between doing a daily run and training. Right. And so the daily run, uh, I'm not, you know, right now I'm coaching cross country skiing, the collegiate team travel on a ton, you know, so I don't have much time to get in a daily run, um, uh, as it is, but yeah, the the daily run actually keeps me connected with the sport a little bit. But yeah, there's there's part of me. It's like, man, the competitive element I do think is important in this sport, and uh, you know, part of it too I think is equipment, nutrition, uh, being versed on those things because those are you know we're getting those questions from athletes all the time. Like, what do you think of this pack? What do you think of that pack? I'm like, I don't know. The pack yeah. I've got in my garage is six years old. Uh-huh. You know. Um, so I think staying up to date on that is, is, uh, is part of it as well. Yeah. So with the cross country ski coaching, AKA mm. Nordic Nordic, ski yeah, that's coaching. right. We've got to get that right. Yep. Um, how much of that is you more or less standing around giving instruction versus like, you're actually yeah. able to get out there and kind of yeah. get your own heart rate up. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, so coaching at, uh, college athletes is is a little different. You know, so I used to coach cross country skiing. I used to coach the junior program, which is a lot more, uh, I would say, emotionally intensive in terms of, well, I don't know, emotion, but physically intensive, like keeping keeping people wrangled together, forming groups, skiing with the groups, making sure people are going where they're supposed to be going. Coaching college athletes is they're a little more autonomous, obviously, um, and and most of them certainly all the guys and, and some of the girls are fitter than I am. So I, it's hard for me to keep up on hard days or fast days or long days, you know? So th- there's that dynamic. Um, Stupid and, young kids. I know, young kids these yeah, days. They're the worst. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm able to get out. It, time of year, early season when we're when we're putting in miles and um, that sort of thing, I, I tend to ski with them a little bit more. And, you know, this time of year, I get them set up on their workout. We might meet in a location and go over some technical things, some technique things. Uh, and then, and then, then I'll send them on their way and I get to go ski a little bit on my own and then interact at intermittent points with them. Um, so there is that, uh, they're always hassling me to jump in the intervals with them and, mm-hmm. and good kids, good keep kids. That up. And, and, but I don't do that cause I'm going to get my butt kicked first <laughs> of all, but we, we the other coaches in the Valley who coach, you know, junior programs and whatnot, like we've talked about this, like, no, we're coaching. We're not, we're not doing intervals and, you know, there's a mix of that. I think, you know, you got to be able to do both mm-hmm. is my thing. And I'm probably skewing too much to standing on the side of the trail with a stopwatch. And uh-huh. when, 10 years ago, when I was in my mid twenties, I would, I skewed too much to actually doing the training myself. And, you know, I think generally speaking in, in the sport of cross country skiing in America, you, you see that like the, the places that have the younger coaches, not everyone, um, they tend to skew maybe too much to doing the actual workouts and it's their training camp as well as the athletes. And, you know, I've been there, that's me. Um, and then by the time they have kids and they have another job and all these sorts of things, then it becomes more of a coaching 
side of the trail, those sort of things. So if we can merge those two, I think that's a, that's a good rule of thumb. Um, you know, and bringing that back to ultra running, uh, it's kind of the same. I remember last year I did a camp with CTS down in Colorado Springs and, um, I am not fit enough to go with the longest group, you know, the group doing 34 mile run or the faster group doing a different pace on a run. And so in some ways that kind of limits what I can do as a coach on the ground in ultra running, you know, at a training camp or a race. Uh, so I gotta be mindful of that too. You know, I want to be fit enough to be able to, uh, impact those folks as well. Uh, if I'm on the ground with them in, in some capacity, well, even coaching Maddie, like we're talking about this over this upcoming summer. It's like, we, we at least have a phone call every week. Um, right now we're meeting in person once a week. And I'm like, well, once we, once we get into summertime, yeah, we can, our weekly meeting can be a run. I'm like, damn it. Now I gotta, <laughs> yeah, I gotta get fit enough to run with Maddie, you know? So Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you should have you should have checked with me first on that. Yeah, my meetings with Maddie, they're never yeah, not, not like, a run. Yeah, yeah. couch. Yeah, yeah. Yep. couches. Well, that's really interesting. So you're you really are kind of thinking through like what does this mean to be a coach and how much involvement versus like you said standing on the side with the stopwatch versus like being in and running intervals and do you guys talk about that much at CTS? I mean, it was yeah. is there a sort of does CTS have a kind of preferred line on this or I don't know ratio of this well that's a good question I mean in terms of day-to-day no there's no real firm line but you know you've had Jason Coop on the pod yeah and Coop Coop's favorite thing to say is you know who who's the athlete mm-hmm. and you got to answer your question oh that person's the athlete or whose training camp is this oh it's the athlete's training camp yeah. not ours you know because we all participate we're all at least at least everyone except me participates <laughs> in the sport and so we got to always be mindful of that. I think that's really important. And I think, you know, as far as coaching goes too, I've, I don't know how to explore this, but I've, I've thought about this before. Like it, it, I've often been uh, critiqued, maybe I'm critique myself of being a little overly conservative with coaching. Like, you know, Hey, we're going to, we're going to peel back that long run by an hour. We're going to give you less intensity, less intervals this week. We're going to, those sorts of things. And that's coming from experience of either yeah. not being fit or my fatigue experience in the past, yeah. those sorts of things. And just being mindful of that, you know, whereas you know, I got a few guys in, on the collegiate cross-country ski team who are in their, you know, 22, 23, and they've never had a bad day in their life, you know, as an athlete. And um, whenever they talk about other people and adult athletes, it's like, well, just freaking go harder you know, just do more. It's like, yeah, that's not quite how it works. So there's one extreme. Yep. I feel like maybe I've skewed towards the other extreme, like, hey, let's peel you back just a little bit, peel you back just a little bit. And I think there's that middle ground of what's actually right for the athlete without my biased view. Why do you though, what makes you think you've been too conservative? Results um, or not seeing quite the progression you want with certain individuals or... Yeah, no, well, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe it's just me. You know, I, I have heard that directly from athletes, certainly, direct feedback. Um, well, but yeah, not naming any names, but right. if Maddie's the one right. saying I can do more, <laughs> right, right. You, you hold your ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep, yeah, keep pu- yeah. pulling her back. Sorry, Maddie. No, we, we, we've seen that. And then, you know, one of the greatest things we do in CTS, I think, is these coach meetings that we have. Um, often we do like, um, uh, what do we call them? We do uh, like athlete reviews. So I'll actually, I've got an athlete, I'm working with them. 
I just built out eight weeks of training and now I'm going to present that training to the other coaches and defend it and get it ripped apart, get supported, get ideas, those sorts of things. And often I am, ah, you know, you don't have quite enough intensity here. Oh, the, that long run progression is very conservative. So, oh, the, you know, two and a half hour long run next week, two hours, 45 minutes next week, three hours, you know, as opposed to two hours, three hours, four hours, you know, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that. I'm mindful of that. Um, but anyway, I, I bring that up more just to say like, you can't separate your experience from your coaching necessarily, but you have to be aware of it. Like, no, 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 I'm coaching this athlete. I'm not coaching myself. You know, I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Putting you back in the hot seat for a second. Any goals, big plans for 2020? As an athlete? Yeah. Um, no, no, I'm not. Uh, no, no big goals for myself as an athlete. I think one thing I, I really want to do is uh, figure out my, my life schedule just a little bit and carve out a little more time for, for running and if maybe, maybe if that morphs into training at some point. But I, I think, uh, no, I'm not planning on, you know, doing any races or any big events or anything along those lines. But I found myself thinking you can, you should probably answer this both ways. And then I actually am going to let you go because uh, yeah. you have a call with CTS coming up. Yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, either at whatever year you want to kind of identify it, say the peak of your powers, you know, I'm, I think... I don't know, maybe 2007, 2011, there was some, yeah. seems like there was some good things happening for you. Then you were feeling real good, yep. strong. Yep. We've had really a lot of fun talking about some of these kind of, for lack of a better word, like alternative races, like Big Dogs Backyard Ultra. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, Sanjay Rawal, right? It was so great talking about the 3100 race. That's um, right, wow. Uh, yeah. Which is just nutso and, and really cool. So of these kind of like, I don't know, non-conventional races, which, which do you think you would have been sort of best at? Mm. Um, and let's say, we'll say Big Dog's Backyard Ultra format or the 3100 right. or feel or free like to- Or like the 200s. Or yeah. the 200s. Like, yeah. And then that, or if I said, you've got 12 months to get ready for one of these. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Well, you know, I've, I've, I've thought about that uh, quite a bit. I mean, I'm kind of a, I am a bit of a softy when it comes to sleep. Like, I, I you know. <laughs> you like sleep. I like to sleep yeah, and weird. I don't, I hate going through the night. Like, you know, I could, I could train for that and get better at it, I'm sure. Um, but the, the, the thing that really has intrigued me is uh, the Moab 200. It's actually, actually the Moab 240. 240 yeah. Um, that race intrigues me. One, I, I love I love the high desert. I love the Moab area for, you know, for anything. Um, that kind of terrain uh, is my favorite. I don't know if it's my favorite running. It's probably the running I'm best at. So a lot of gradual Jeep roads and gradual single tracks, you know, called diesel terrain, you know, where you just kind of diesel along in yeah. third gear, you know. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that distance uh, in, intrigues me. And then the just the nature of the course being a big loop, that also intrigues me. So stuff like that kind of captures my attention a little bit. Okay. Um, don't tell my wife I said that. I won't. Okay. I won't. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's in my brain a little bit for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to let you go. Yeah. But thanks. 
I feel like by keeping this one brief, I've now somehow given myself permission for the next time. Ah, uh, the third we, time. We get to go yeah. longer. So That's this is good. also kind of a self-serving play on my point. But uh, yeah. it's great to check in with you. Yeah. And um, this is really always fun. I really appreciate it. And uh, Thanks, man. It's been awesome. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, I'm, I'm already looking forward to the next time. The well, longer round. The longer version. And, and have fun at Outdoor Retailer. Hope that goes well. Thank you. I'm yeah. sure we will. So, All right, man. All right. You take care. Thanks. See ya. That's it for this edition of Off the Couch. Thanks to Duncan for the conversation. And you can go to trainright.com to learn more about Carmichael Training Systems or to learn more about Duncan. And maybe you can even get Duncan to coach you. I also want to say thanks to Luke Alley for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then we'd encourage you to subscribe to Off the Couch, tell your friends about the show, and leave us a nice little rating in iTunes. Until next time, keep moving forward, and we will talk to you again next week.